Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Clock Talk with Greg Brennan, Dr. Greg Brennan, that is, and I'm your host, Jim Baker. How are you today, doctor? Jim, fantastic. Well, in about three seconds, we're going to talk about peptides. So, what are peptides? Peptides are a link of amino acids. What are amino acids? There's a building block of proteins, and it's all based upon how many are lined up. You could have a dipeptide. That's just two of them. You can have a polypeptide. That's more. You can get over 150s and actually a, a, a functioning protein. Insulin's 151. Uh, the government has actually made a definition recently and changed it to anything 40 or less. That is a peptide. They're naturally, most of them are naturally occurring in our body. Some are not. Some are analogs of them. And what they really act like is they are a key that goes into a lock and starts a bodily function. Again, I'll use insulin as an example, even though by strict definition, it's under 51. It's a little larger. But it goes into the insulin receptor um, to turn on the apparatus that allows the body to, the cell to actually grab and utilize glucose. So that's what a peptide is. So can peptides be called mini proteins? One, that's exactly what it is. That's a great phrase. All right. Um, so what are the benefits of using peptides. Oh, I love it. It's a, again, let me grab a little chart up here. It's a plethora. Every single, there's these multiple groups. You have growth hormone releasing hormone, which basically mimics uh, called growth hormone. You have one called growth hormone releasing peptide. When you get hungry, your, your stomach growls. That makes a hormone called grenoline, which turns it on growth hormone as well. You have, um, We'll go with a different class in a moment. You have these body protecting compounds. One's called uh, an enteric protein in your gut that can actually help inflammation, neuroprotection, heart protection. You have ones that actually help the brain talk and uh, talk to each other a little bit better. So it's a pleasure. We know right now there's over 400 out there we know about. I believe the future is going to be specific ones for specific functions. But I want to focus on one we know about. We're growth hormone releasing on those. Focus on those two. So in our brain, in the hypothalamus, we have what's called a releasing hormone called growth hormone releasing hormone. Growth hormone releases about every 90 minutes and lasts for about two hours. That's what it does. The largest peak is before sleep, before we go to bed, which is crucial to put us in delta wave or stage three and four sleep. It helps you clean all the bad proteins out. Very, very important. So that's so the, the growth hormone release hormone releases growth hormone in that cycle. Besides sleep, growth hormone then goes to the liver and tells the liver to make a thing called IGF-1, insulin growth factor 1, which I like the word repair better. It repairs every single cell in your body. And when it gets high enough, it makes another protein called somatostatin, another hormone, which stat means stop, goes back to the hypothalamus and turns it off. That's the way the system works. So we have this chart here. If we take growth hormone, growth hormone itself, if you take that, you bypass the releasing hormone. There are benefits to it. It does burn fat, makes you sleep. It does build muscle, repairs cells, regenerates after surgery, helps fight. Um, uh, if your body's emaciated, it's fantastic. But you lose the feedback of the somatostatin back. So you can get a couple complications. Carbs keeps it growing, big ears, big nose, big head could occur. Uh, you could also end up losing the feedback completely and it stops working ever. Now, the other metabolically actually has increased high blood pressure. It can also increase diabetes, high too much sugar. 
So there are benefits. At low doses, it is relatively safe, but those are side effects that occur. The question is, can you get the benefits with no side effects? And that's where peptide comes in play. So back to the growth hormone releasing hormone. There's multiple ones. The Samorla was the first one. Growth hormone release hormone has a 44 amino acid naturally. The 29 on that, what's called the, uh, the, the NH, the, the meat terminal one is the active one. So Samorla is actually that. There's one called CJC1295, which is an analog of four different uh, amino acid change that will actually mimic. And then what it does is, even though it's synthetic by four molecules, four atoms, it actually turns on the natural release of your own growth hormone. And by doing it that way, your, your IGF-1 is increased by the liver, but it still turns off the somat, turns on the somatostat. So you don't have the high blood pressure. You don't get the diabetes. You don't get the, the cartilage growing up or the aggravating. And that's what it shows here. It shows growth hormone itself has high risk of overdose, has some side effects. There's theoretical that it can increase cancer growth. It's not been proven. There's some theories on that. Increase elevated cortisol, high blood pressure, body larger. But the peptide supports the normal function. You're never going to turn off that called the hypothalamus pituitary axis. It's never, it's never turned off. And you have low overdoses, very, 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 very side effects. There's not been any shown that. The only risk factor is a little minimal, maybe redness when you get the injection. Well, if your body is naturally making these mini proteins, these peptides, why do you need additional peptides? Love it. Good question. Because every single hormone except cortisol decreases with age. So if we consider aging a disease, the processes of osteoporosis, cardiovascular disease, dementia, we consider that, then how can we nip that in the bud? So therefore, by keeping our levels at a youthful level, a youthful level, then the cells themselves will stay younger, cycle properly, die off properly, because dying off is very important by health. Apoptosis, when cells die off and their cycle's gone, is very important, because when they hang around, these sensitive cells just hang around, they increase these, these proteins that actually make your immune system attack itself. So the idea of keeping a youthful chemistry, just like we did off the Bible with testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, is the same theory here. And here's the key, growth hormone works its own pathway, Works synergistically with T3 from thyroid and synergistically with testosterone. So therefore, I like to use all three together. I won't use a peptide as the other, the other two are optimized because it, the synergistic effect is far superior than by itself. So what, what happens during the aging process for the body that, that these peptides become less and less over time? It, just the actual production of the cell itself. The cell itself makes less. I believe... Again, my studies on, on bioidentical testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, again, it's environmental. But we know over time, in a healthy business, you do make less growth hormone. Because what is growth hormone for? A baby in the womb has a lot of it. A child growing their first year. Uh, childhood. That's why you were needing it. But there's been, besides the organ growing, because let me go to the next chart real quick. Here's the function of this. So, the hypothalamus, the growth hormone releasing hormone, the somatostatin, everything we talked about is right there. So the purple is going from the brain to the liver to make IGF-1. And then IGF-1, again, it goes back to the brain, the somatostatin turns it off. So you ask the question, what does it do? So here's what growth hormone does. IGF-1 does this through growth hormone. Thymus, blood cells, immune function, immune modulation. Thymus shrinks with age. How do you make the thymus healthier? Take a thing called quercetin which is a, a, a flavonoid, an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. That works what's called a inophore and pushes zinc into the cell. Zinc we take orally 
is not beneficial until it gets into the thymus cell. Bingo, that's what it does. It makes your kidney develop actually function the integrity of the kidneys. We talked about baby growth, placenta growth. It actually makes the egg and sperm uh, grow, uh, uh, genesis, makes bone grow, muscle grow, protection of the heart, the brain, uh, the matrix of the fibrosis. Look at the most important one, Jim. Brain development. It gets rid of amyloid beta clearance. Amyloid beta tangles are a structural defect of, of Alzheimer's. Um, there are studies that in the insulin is also a neurotransmitter in the brain. High levels of insulin and high levels of glucose are actually toxic to the synapses. So if you can lower those at the neuronal level, you actually protect. Uh, we've seen it with TBI, traumatic brain injury, PTSD, and overall dementia. So again, why is dementia, why is cardiovascular disease there? Because again, it goes back to the same way with, with testosterone. We're losing these beneficial hormones. What's the downside of having youthful chemistry in any hormone? I see no data that says it's harmful. So um, common peptides, I think you talked about them before that you're treating people with at Ultima Bio. And how do you treat them? Like from a patient perspective, shots, oral, Beautiful. you know, what's the application on this? The applications go over the first, the, the, the growth hormone, releasing hormone works synergistically with the growth hormone releasing peptide. There's one that mimics grenoline called unpamorlin. I use that with CJC 1295 without DAC. DAC is called drug affinity complex, which allows it to last longer than half-life, which you don't need in short-term. You want a short-term half-life. Growth hormone half-life three to seven minutes. So I'm trying to mimic that. That's why I use it without that. So you give that as a shot subcutaneously, Monday through Friday. The dose is based upon your goal to be healthy, overall metabolism once a day, but you can use it to actually lose weight and burn fat up to three times a day. We use 10 units sub-Q once to three times a day based upon the need. It's a small needle around the love house to the belly button area, that area. Next one, growth hormone, uh, the body protecting compound called BPC-157. That's a great immunodulator, great anti-inflammatory. It's taken two ways. You can take it by injection if you have a, so, a sore shoulders, a pulled quad, a muscle in the area that's between 40 to 60 units sub-Q in, in this fat area, the skin area around the wound for two weeks. But there's also been shown taken orally. Now, it is made in our stomach already. But if you take it orally in, at, uh, in these levels, it's been shown to protect the gut. Uh, leaky gut syndrome, strengthen the gut down there. Also, protecting the neurotoxicity and cardiovascular disease. So it helps, again, by inflammation and making more cells. Those are, the, those are the three big ones I use. There's one called TB4, which actually helps stimulate the thymus gland itself to make more thymus cells to get help your immune system. There's a great one, Jim, called SS-31. That is a very, very important on the mitochondria for the redux equation to help free radicals go down and make healthier mitochondria within the cell. It's been shown for glomerulonephritis, um, kidney diseases, and for also uh, neuronal problems with trauma from the brain. That is one of my favorites for the mitochondria effect to keep that ratio balanced. So that's why I look at the whole aspect of the body. It's like nothing's a magic pill, but these things make the cells more efficient because inflammation is our biggest culprit. So anything you do to lower inflammation, glutathione, zinc, uh, magnesium, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin E, all these things are very, very important. A high fat diet with the proper ratio is important too, Jim. 
if you picture a ladder, that's the way the cell membrane looks, one of the 17 hypotheses. And there's a ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. It should be a one-to-one -one ratio in our body. The problem is they took these seed oils, which are used for mechanical lubrication. Picture that, grape seed, cotton seeds, were used for mechanical lubrication. By changing their structure, adding hydrogens to them, they made them palatable to humans. But omega-6s make the membrane hard and brittle. Omega-3s makes it strong but flexible. So you want a ratio one-to-one. -one. That flexible one is, uh, is fish oil. Okay, omega-3. There's in the brain, we need it for the synapses, but then you have another one called omega-9, olive oil. Makes the guile support of the neurons actually hold the nerve, the guile support system stronger. So that's why I think the brain is 100% fat, but 90% cholesterol. So it's important to have these kind of things because that, when the integrity of the membrane is there, less opening up, which leads to less free radicals. So omega-3 is good. Yes. Nine's good. Yes. Six is, so... I don't understand the math. How did these scientists come up with this? Yeah, again, again, I don't believe it's cheaper. It was cheaper to make these seed oils into something we could go than the actual animal fat we used to use. I think some things are Jim would not thought about overall health. And now we look at the reproduction. Again, we hear cholesterol, cholesterol, cholesterol. It appears the atherosclerosis is a promotory disease, which is more prone to omega-6 in your diet versus the cholesterol being a so do you find treating patients that the application is a little bit difficult for patients to stay on things long-term as it relates to, you know, having a, to inject yourself, you know, multiple times a day? I have not had one person stop the CJC 1295 in about five years. I think when you treat symptoms and signs and not numbers, that's what he people call that. They feel better. Their waist is smaller. They're stronger. Their blood pressure is better. Their cognitive behavior is that. We don't treat numbers. They're just guideposts for symptoms. Remember, signs and symptoms, Jim, are not just a nuisance. There's something going wrong metabolically. Chapel Hill did a study a few years ago. So only 12% of Americans are metabolically healthy. So if we can get them metabolically healthy, that just feeds itself. That's all it is. So I think you might have talked about this before, but just from the audience perspective, the difference between a growth hormone and a peptide. Okay. Growth hormone is a protein. It's a peptide that the body makes. Growth hormone, releasing hormone is a protein, a peptide that our body makes. There it is. But with aging, they go down. So we can stimulate that by giving a analog of the growth hormone release. So that's the CJC 1295. And is an analog of grenoline, which is stimulated. So those two are not bioidentical, but they mimic the They start a bioidentical process in the body. Excellent. As always, 10 seconds to go. Anything else you want to add? Well, I hope this stimulates you people. Please, please, everybody, be stimulated by this and do your research. Hope to see you at Optimal Mile.